Welcome to another episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast with Nathan Shooter. To discover more insightful episodes, blogs, videos, and resources, visit nathanshooter.com. Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend some time with me today on this episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast. My name's Nathan and on every podcast and blog and video that we do together, it all centers around how you and I can find simple ways to create significant outcomes. Because I honestly believe that if we want to create lasting change or lasting achievement, it doesn't need to be overly complicated. doesn't mean it's easy, it just means it can be simple. So today we're going to be chatting with one of my great friends, Andrew Bassett, and he is going to help us unpack and expose and deal with the five biggest roadblocks that you and I experience when it comes to simplifying our fitness life and how to create significant change in our health. And before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know that you can go ahead and check out previous episodes over at nathantutor.com forward slash blog. And one of the five roadblocks that we talk about today in the episode with Andrew is finance and putting money into our health as an investment. And that can be really hard to do. And especially if you haven't done that in the past. So on the blog, you'll find over at number 19, Um, a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And can I just encourage you to go ahead and buy it and dive into it. And it talks about how we can create a savings plan or how to um, control our spending so that we can put the investment into our different areas of life, one of which includes health and fitness. Okay, great. So let's jump into it and let's have a chat with Andrew. Hey, Andrew, and welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. And I know that all of us are eager to hear on how we can deal with these five roadblocks. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's so great to be here. So thank you for taking the time. Awesome. Glad you could come. So just for our listeners who maybe don't know a whole heap about you, um, give us a bit of a a look into your personal life. Who is the Andrew Bassett? (laughs) Thanks, Nathan. Yeah. So I started out as a look at gymnast for many years. So I was writing the competitive side of things in the coaching realm, very young, then progressed into a career of coaching, not only kids, but also adults. And within that time as well, I really uh, developed some strong leadership skills around how to simply bring out the best in in not only kids, but also adults. Um, And then approximately five years ago now, I then head into uh, more of a management position within a fitness center, which then four years ago led to purchasing and becoming the owner of a fantastic um, health and fitness center which is definitely what my my passion and my excitement is for today. Awesome. So you've done a bit of um, competitive um, gymnastics um, tournaments and so on. So how has that, I guess, that, that background in um, competitive gymnastics helped change the way you think about fitness? So with gymnastics, it's all about the basics and getting the foundations right. It's all about those key fundamentals and making sure that not only that you've got your strength, your flexibility, but you've really got the basics of shapes there um, and skills and exercises, which that's really what the the fitness uh, industry is all about. But also for us as humans, that's what we're about. We need to make sure that we can get those basics right. And when we can master the basics, then we can master anything. Yeah, that's right. It's all about keeping, I guess, a close eye on the simple things or the more fundamental um, things, which really we need to keep simple. So how do we do that? Like we find that um, when people talk about fitness, 
there's usually the, these crazy people who go out running at all sorts of weird hours of the morning or night and then people who are on low carb, high carb, high protein or whatever these weird diets are, is there seems to be two camps of people. People who are like, I'm not going to run unless I'm being chased by a bear. <laughs> and then there's the other people is I'm running and I'm going to chase the bear. And I kind of like some somehow fall in between. So what are, in your experience, what are the big five roadblocks that people come against? Like you hear every excuse under the sun being a gym owner. So what are the big five that you hear most often? As you can imagine, every single day we get lots and lots of reasons why people exercise, why they don't exercise. So from really looking at the last five years of, of um, talking and, and connecting with people, it's become really, really clear that I suppose for the first reason, it's that lack of self-belief. So believe it or not, people actually need to believe in themselves to actually go, yes, I can do this, I can make this change. The second thing is the environment. So making sure that the environment is the environment that is best suited for the, the characteristics and um, I suppose the, the, the joy of what makes you exciting, uh, excited about exercise and that environment can vary from outdoor fitness to whether it be inside a gym, whether it be a home workout. So the environment's important. Third is the lack of education. So as you mentioned a second ago about, um, you know, the different extremities of people and what they're wanting to achieve within their fitness goals there, there's so much misrepresented information out there in terms of what people um, believe is right to what people hear and then of course there's always that story that people like to tell themselves as for why they can do something or why they can't do something the fourth thing is money so I'll come back to money a little bit later on but definitely people will find an excuse with money and generally when you're looking at it could be a gym membership you're generally looking at two to three cups of coffee a week that's it. Like that's the small investment within yourself to bring out the best. Number five, of course, is time management and exercising and looking after yourself. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a, a quick fix or a fad or I'm, you know, feeling a bit inspired at the moment and I'm going to get fit for one week out of the month. It's a matter of having a look at your lifestyle there and going, right, I'm going to make time and I'm going to commit to not only myself, but also my family, my friends, so I can become you know, the person that I'm called to be. Yeah. And I like the idea of um, using the word commit because this episode is called commit to fit. And yeah. um, it's all about, I guess, following through on what you have committed um, to doing to yourself and also being accountable to other people. All right. So we, we've got here the top of the list, which I'm quite surprised is the lack of self-belief because I would have thought people um, are more saying, oh, I don't have time. But from what you've said, the number one thing is lack of self-belief. So now that we know this is a problem and, you know, we in our own minds get in our own heads and think, oh, you know, I don't think I can do it or I'm not worthy to, to put in this extra time and I don't, I don't think that I will ever look as good as someone over there or whatever else. So what can we do to, instead of experience lack of self-belief, what can we do to reverse that? So with with um, the lack of self-belief in there, it really comes down to establishing the reason why you're wanting to change. Now, like we know that when people come in to 
have a chat about memberships or simply just wanting to change their lifestyle there, you know, there's obviously a pain. So they're in pain. That's what drives them there. Not their car physically, or might be their car physically, but you know, that, that inner pain within their body is that they know that they're not the best that they can possibly be. No, something's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So there is definitely that pain. Um, you know, and from that pain there, they need to realize that um, it does take time to create that consistency in there. Of course, they need to have that real strong establishment as to why they're wanting to do it. So really make sure that that why for them is kept at the front and that it's something that's going to be pulling them and not something that's going to be pushing them. So when we look at that that belief in self there as well, making sure that we've also got that supportive environment, making sure that family and friends are on board with us, that they're there to cheer us along because we will probably wake up feeling a few extra muscles um, that we worked the day before, or we may find that our metabolism's changing and that we're, we're suddenly really craving certain foods or we might not be craving other foods. And it's, it's all about a changing process. So to really have that, that belief in yourself um, is something that is just so essential for, for starting a healthy lifestyle. So self-belief also is about having, you're saying, the belief of others as well. Like to be able to, A, believe in yourself, know that um, you have what it takes to get um, yourself to a place of fitness that you desire. But then also you need to, I guess, surround yourself with people who believe in you as well. Because you're going to wake up, like you said, days um, in pain from um, leg day or arm day, whatever it is. And then you're going to find that you're going to need that encouragement from your family to say, keep on going, you know, just because you feel like you've been hit by a truck doesn't mean you should give up for tomorrow. So let me ask you about environments. This is the number two thing that you encounter. So we all have different styles of, I guess, enjoying fitness. And I know for myself, I used to love um, walking around the neighborhood every night because you get to smell what people are having for dinner in that house or, you know, what dog's going to yell at you when you walk past this time and, you know, seeing what different plants people have planted and what's growing. So I love that. But more recently, I love being back in the gym. Which is kind of odd because you run and get nowhere. <laughs> but you have different ways um, to stay motivated. So what are the different ways people can use the environment to get motivated? I really do believe that the environment is very important. Um, within the environment, just making sure that there's trainers or instructors, coaches, whoever's there to, to literally coach you along to show you that, you know, that they're always there. So not only from a physical point of view that making sure that you've got all of the right equipment, um, everything that you could possibly need for a workout, but also making sure that the environment in terms of the, the coaching side of it, that, that they're there and, and that they're meeting you at the level that you're at and making sure that they're available to simply cheer you along, um, which is you know what we've spoken about before in the, the lack of self-belief there. So it is very, very important to make sure that the environment is suitable for, for what types of training that you enjoy, because not everyone will really enjoy lifting weights. Not everyone will enjoy a dance aerobics class. Not everyone will enjoy a cycle class. Not everyone will enjoy, you know, just running on a treadmill going nowhere, which is what you mentioned. So it's a matter of just finding what really suits that person, suits their characteristics and, and making sure that we can adapt from there. So environment. And as humans, we're, we're very much geared towards visual signals. And for myself, I try to simplify everything and give myself every excuse to do the things that I should be doing. So in my ensuite, 
just to give you a bit of a glimpse into my personal life, on my wall, I've got there, um, be the change you want to want to see in the world. So it's kind of a good thing to trigger a thought. So visually speaking, what do you do in the gym and what can people do at home to visually, uh, I guess, rem- remind ourselves about fitness? So we, we, we have a lot of... Uh obviously very positive affirmations in the gym um, that really, I suppose, they're not just simply speaking to you from a physical point of view, but really starting to get a little bit emotional and, and deep in there because that's where we need to connect from. We need to find you know, that, that inner why that we're wanting to do it to really push forward. So that way we can be committed. Uh, it's important for trainers to make sure that they recognize that, that not everyone's going to come in um, simply bouncing off the, the walls. They're going to come in from a long day, from a stressful day. And, you know, they might just simply need someone to physically give them a bit of a lift up. And that's where the environment is such an important um, part to play with any exercise, exercise regime. And in terms of home, um, my favorite one that I say to people, if you're committed to getting up, at 5 a.m., 5.30 to get to the gym by 6 o'clock, then don't set your alarm right next to your bed. It's got to be physically, you know, three or four metres away. So that way, get up. Absolutely. So that way you have to get up out of bed to physically turn it off. And for someone like myself that has been within the fitness industry for many, many years now, getting up at 5 a.m. is still tough. So I, I set about seven alarms. I'm not going to lie. I think it drives my wife nuts. <laughs> but, you know, I know that that's sometimes what I need because I will try and justify I'll create this story in my head that oh you know it's it's okay I'm exercising later I don't need to get up now but I do we have more energy when we exercise of a morning um, but also we, we really do encourage as well people to not so much as bring the gym home with them but but take their reasons why home with them if it means writing in a permanent marker on their mirror you know, what the person that they want to be, but also what it means to them, write their support people down, you know, put something on the back of your door. So as you walk out of a morning, um, I, my favorite one is take action because when we take action on a daily basis, and that's not only for uh, exercise, but also in life, then we're going to find that the results are going to happen. That, that applies to everything. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things near my computer in my studio uh, at, at work is if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. And that's so true of every area of life, including, unfortunately, fitness. I would like to be able to, maybe maybe you can work on this. I want to work on a system that you can outsource your fitness. So someone will go for you and they'll deal with it and that's in your report saying, hey, you're done. <laughs> if only, hey. Yeah, if only. So let me know when you've worked that out. I'll let you know. So something that I've been recently looking into doing for my own um, home is like vision boards and I know that you're a big vision boarder from way back so what about Andrew Bassett at home so what are your visual uh, visual signals for your environment at home to remind you of your why so with my vision board at home so I have one at home as well as one at work because I think it's important for you know my staff and um you know, my, my trainers to see, um, I suppose, what's really pushing me, um, not only in business, but also personally as well, because I believe that growth is important in all areas. With home, I actually have my whole family involved with it. 
So it's got lots of different things on there from, you know, the, the dream home that we're wanting to, to buy in the next few years to the holiday that we're wanting to take as a family. Um, there will be different things on there about how we can also give back as a family. So working not only with charities, but it could be just simply working, you know, within our local community here of how we can actually bless others and serve them. Excellent. Um, as well as, of course, goals that we're, we're all wanting to achieve. So you've just taken vision boards to a whole new level. You've not only got one, but you've got two and it's loaded with all your family members contributing. So that's amazing. And then we come to number three, which is the the third top reason that you hear for people not taking action or experiencing roadblocks in fitness. And that's this, it's lack of education. And I know that there is so much advice out there, but it's really confusing because the advice seems to always change. So you talk about um, like food, for example, use that by way of um, uh, way to show how much advice has changed. Mm. So then you find in two years time, they'll say all these things what we were told were bad for us are now good for us. So That's in right. terms of like fitness, sometimes it feels like the advice does change. So how does like lack of education um, stop people, but then more positively, what can we do about this education? Yeah, definitely. With the lack of education, there's just so much mis representation of of information that's out there and unfortunately sometimes the uneducated are the ones with the big voices and just because it works for one it doesn't necessarily mean that it will work for everyone and the other thing as well is is we live in a a world which has so many different types of body types and there's um, many different uh, restrictions that people have with allergies intolerances, those types of things. So what that also places quite a stress on is then what's right for that person. And often, you know, we'll have people that will say, oh, you know, I was, I had a lot of success doing this particular type of diet or this exercise plan. And that's great that they had that success there. But, you know, obviously that wasn't a lifestyle change because they stopped doing it. So it was possibly like a quick fix where we're all about encouraging that lifestyle change in there and making sure that the education that we that we give our clients, making sure that it is scientifically based, um, it's not opinion based, but also just giving them the understanding of this is how to do it. This is how to construct a healthy meal. This is what uh, portion of protein, what portion of carbohydrates, etc., that you need to have to create healthy, balanced meals in there. And also at the same time, you know, when it comes to supplementation and making sure that people understand that a supplement is there to supplement a healthy diet. It's not there to completely replace, it's there to simply assist and add value to, which is so important. Um, and look, in terms of the whole education side of things and, and how we, uh, I suppose, how we can try and identify the, the, the phonies from the, um, you know, the legit programs that are out there is definitely look at the history. Um, the history, have a look at the science-based research, the peer review studies, uh, making sure that, you know, what people are doing, it's actually sustainable. Because, for example, it's great to eat organic and we love buying organic foods but I'm the first to say you know I've got a wife and four children so there's six people at our house buying completely organic all the time it um, it can definitely put a strain on that on that budget there that that would be enough to send you bankrupt <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's close <laughs> organic is, is not cheap it's tasty but it's, yeah. it's not cheap so what I'm hearing is that that if something works for the person next to us then 
it's not necessarily going to be the solution for us. So education is about knowing what is the right version of that information for you. So nowadays we see uh, an emergence of supplements and there's a lot um, of them on the market and I use some myself and particularly for travel because it helps fill in those nutrition gaps. So can you just tell us like if we're not um, sure about how to look at supplements in the first instance, what are some main things we should look for um, besides the science and evidence, um, some things on the back of the packet that we should maybe look out for? Yeah, with supplements, it's really, really, really important to make sure that they're natural. So you, it's great to obviously um, to, to be able to read the back of these products, to also perhaps do a bit of Googling about the products to see, you know, where, where the company's based, where the products are made from, um, to obviously see what the level of quality within the, you know, within the ingredients are. Um, in terms of supplements and identifying good ones to bad ones, Generally, when it comes to supplements, you get what you pay for. So if you're after a really good high quality protein, then you are going to be paying good money for that. You know, you can't expect to just go and pay a couple of bucks for a kilo and it's going to do the same thing as something where people might be paying 50, 60, $70 a kilo for the, for the protein there. So it's very important to make sure that we do have that, uh, that good understanding of of, um, of reading the backs of labels and as I said whipping out Google you know whip out your phone there and just have a look at the company and you know what they stand for and what I suppose what also their their line of expertise is because for example if they're primarily a, a bodybuilding company that is focusing all around getting people down to four percent body fat and getting on stage well perhaps that's not the best company or the best products for you if you're um, if your goal is simply just to to add a bit more, um, you know, protein to your diet to help with muscle recovery, um, to simply supplement a healthy diet, you know, you're a mum, you're a dad, you're a, you know, just a, an average gym goer. Um, that's that's something that's really important to have a look at there to make sure that what their beliefs are, they're going to line up with what yours are. That's right, because that'll affect the products that they make, and you don't want to be buying an Arnie grade protein if that's not what you need. So that kind of brings us to the fourth roadblock that we come to with fitness, and that's money, money, money. And I'm going to be doing a future episode on self-investment. Mm-hmm. So by way of example, in my life, I try to annually spend between 3 to 5% of my um, gross income on self-development. So that's professional development or personal development. And so what I do is intentionally allocate that money. Yeah, it's not maybe in a P&L somewhere or in... Um, in my accounting software, but it's in my mind is three to five percent must and should be spent on developing myself professionally and personally. So, to me, fitness is a logical extension of that because we're going to be living for 70, 80, 90 years. So, we should be making an investment for the long term. So, what can we do to solve this problem of not seeing um, fitness as valuable enough to spend money on? So, when we look at Um, spending money on whether it be a gym membership or personal training the thing that really needs to be remembered here is the fact that we're actually investing this in ourselves. so we're investing that in ourselves to simply be the best person that we're called to be on this planet and what that actually means is is we do actually need to spend money so we need that guidance we need that expertise that's going to come into play and then of course we've got to do the work and if you want to work every single day without you know the pain and discomfort from lower back pain 
for example, or you're wanting to have that energy to run outside with your kids and to play and kick a ball with them. If you're wanting just energy for anything, you know, then we actually need to exercise these muscles, particularly if you're someone that is in a very, um, you know, stationary position all day. You know, it is so important to make sure that you are actually investing this money in yourself so that way you can actually hold your posture correctly. You can, as I said, play outside with the kids and really have a lot of fun in life. And when I suppose when we look at money as well and look at the price of what a gym membership costs, I said this before that it's generally like three cups of coffee a week. But I is, love coffee. I know. And you then, have to make a swap. Well, look, it's not that you have to necessarily make a swap, but it's, it's always important to, um, to, to budget that in there. Because if you don't look after yourself, then how can you look after others? And I know that, you know, the, the, the times are expensive. You know, the cost of living is expensive. Prices in, are always increasing. But once again, you know, you will find that the trade-offs for $15 a week generally for a membership, you will get so much more value in your personal life. Yeah, and I think um, part of that is... For example, like there's lots of studies that indicate that with higher education or more investment in knowledge, exponentially your income also increases along with that. So I would imagine it's the same for health and healthcare with your investment in time and money into that. You're going to see, like you said, exponential returns. And I think it's important to note, as you say, that particularly in Australia, the cost of living is actually insane. And I think that people who are looking to join a gym, it's not as if they're being... Um, tight or miserly about their money it's actually a legitimate fear that I'm going to have to somehow either stop something else or come up with the money um, via another means to be able to to fund this what people think is an extra they think like gym memberships are like a, a luxury item so depending on, on where you live in the world yes it probably is but it's just an essential to be able to get quality of life up so that comes now to number five which is time management. And anyone who's, um, I guess, been a friend with me and, and knows that um, going out to coffee or having a, a quick meal, I will never tell you I'm too busy. I'll always say, let's make time, not find time, because time cannot be found. We all have the same amount. Of, we have to just make time. We have to make it. So what about all the different excuses you hear about time? Um, what's the most common one you hear and what do we do about it? Well, I suppose the most common thing that we hear is, you know, I don't have time to exercise. And look, I'm not, I'm not here sitting here in a judgmental position, but it is definitely the number one thing that we hear is I just don't have time. I work, I have children, I have family, and, you know, I, I want to relax in my downtime. Where when we look at so many different facilities now, they've got not only very long or extended trading hours, but there's also that option for 24-hour training now. Um, you know, I have the, the privilege of working within a 24-hour facility. And what that means is, you know, if the time suits you to exercise at 4 a.m. in the morning, if it means that you can really make that commitment to yourself, then so be it. 4 a.m. it is. Or it could be on the other hand of, you know, 10 p.m. of a night time. So it, it is definitely... Um, something that we need to make that time for and it's just the same as you know we program in there to have breakfast or we have our lunch break um during during work you know we need to make time for it we make time to mow our lawns we it all comes down to a choice and 
which I suppose also does come back to our number one reason in there is, you know, that belief in self and having that, you know, that strong establishment why. of why we mm-hmm. want to do something and making sure that it's pulling us towards it and not pushing us. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why in our head we have this internal story of I'm way too busy, I've got all this stuff to do after work, I've got more stuff to do with the family and then all I want to do is just flop on the lounge. So do you think it might be helpful for us to have some other devices, say like a smartwatch or wearable wristbands that tell us about the number of steps we've taken or how long we've been exercising today? Do you think they're kind of handy or they're just like a fad? So what it's all about is being accountable. So if you need to wear your Fitbit and it make sure that you're taking 10 to 15,000 steps a day, that's fantastic. And that could be simply your starting point for, for starting this part of your new lifestyle. If you are wanting to use your iWatch or your Garmin or you know whatever type of device you've got on your wrist to simply keep you accountable, set that alarm. But also, you know, you might choose to track your heart rate in there. You might choose to track your steps if you go for a run. Whatever the case is, they're fantastic. The iPhone and all the different apps that are out there. So my Fitness Pal, for example, fantastic for helping keep a food log. Um, you can also track workouts through different apps and something as well that is becoming really, uh, really more common now as well is actually having like an online coach, which is someone that you can be accountable to as well. Not only on that daily, but that weekly and monthly basis. And they might ask you about your time management as, as, as part of that, like in the Fitbit app, it's how many minutes, but also how many steps you've taken today. So really in being too busy, there are actually other ways that we can really, I guess, give ourselves credit for some of the minutes of exercise during the day that we don't consider exercise because we've done a heck of a lot of walking or, you know, like with travel and that kind of stuff. So there's ways we can, I guess, cheat and claim minutes of exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Look, mate, I'm just looking for ways I can can hack, all right? So we've covered some really good things and um, talked about the fact that, like, I would run a lot more if I was being chased by a bear. <laughs> but that's not what happens at a gym. Although I think you should actually maybe hire some bears to do that. Some lines, hey? Yeah, some lines keep yeah. us going. So just to recap, what are the five um, roadblocks of getting fit and that we've also worked on solutions for? What are the top five? So the top five. So number one is a lack of self-belief. So make sure that we have our why established and make sure we have our support people in there. Mm. Number two is the environment. So making sure that it's right for yourself, that it feels right and that the energy flows within the the place that you're wanting to simply invest a lot of your time, energy and money. So number three is the lack of education. So make sure that when you're out there and you're making this change that you've got the correct information there. Have a look for the science, um, not the opinions, and just simply make sure that, you know, who you're wanting to work with is willing to work with you and not just simply push all of their beliefs on you, but make sure that they're scientific. Number four is the money. So we need to make sure that we allocate that money there. Make sure that your budget will work with it. So as I, as I mentioned before, it's generally around three cups of coffee a week is what it costs to, you know, to join a gym and to, to start with that investment in your health. And of course, number five is our time management. So with time management, making sure that we're making the time to take the action so that way we can enjoy the results. Yeah, that's some good solid advice there. And I think that if you're um, going to be serious about this, we should make um, a bit of a plan for ourselves. And um, people can 
um, do that by following you online, which we'll get to as well. But before we do, as a little parting gem, what's one little, I guess, main bit of um, wisdom and advice that you give people, even if, for example, we don't get to implement or we forget about everything we discussed, what's the one principle, main thing that you share with people? I always hear that people want to change. They keep saying, I want to do this and I want to do that. But I think what is really important is that wants don't get met consistently. We actually need to raise our standard. We need to raise the bar. So what that can mean or could mean for you is that we need to raise that standard that we will get up at 5 a.m. of a morning, three mornings a week to be at the gym. Maybe seven. No, it's got to be 5 (laughs) a.m., Nathan, because we start our day early and that way we can be there by 6 a.m., And what that means is our standard has risen and simply, you know, we're going to increase all areas of life and live life to 100%. And we do. We all want to live at 100% um, capacity and moving with full momentum in life. And we can only do that if we're, I guess, making that investment in our health. So, Andrew, the other thing I just want to, I guess, round out is just by saying that these standards that we are going to be adhering to, they should be based on who we were previously not based on who other people are next to us absolutely yeah i think that's important to note okay so if people want to get more of 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 andrew bassett where can we connect with you online are you on facebook or instagram and and where can we find more of you so find me on facebook at andrew bassett i've got a public profile there of course fitness focus dubbo which is my business here which has great motivation great tips and fantastic recipe ideas and then of course my new venture which is work life balance transformations expert so it's my new online coaching business which is there to encourage change all around the world that's great and i really look forward to talking to you about that new venture perhaps on another interview coming up so listeners make sure you go and check out nathanshooter.com forward slash blog forward slash 21 and that's where you'll find today's notes with the five roadblocks that you and i can tackle to be able to create a simple yet significant approach to improving our health so have an amazing week and i'll catch you on the next episode thanks thanks for joining us today to connect with nathan simply visit facebook.com forward slash nathan shooter blog or twitter and instagram using at nathan shooter We also invite you to comment, ask questions and subscribe to the email editions at nathanshooter.com.